Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host Pierce, alongside of my good pal Dylan. Uh, Jimmy's not here with us today. I believe uh, he's too uh, hungover from uh, his music festival that he went to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just the two of us. Um, I don't ant- anticipate it being a long podcast, but again, kind of like pod- the last podcast, just going over what's happened over the past week or so. And um, in Blackhawks news, uh, Alex. Alexander Nylander re-signed for one year. I think what was it, $874,000 contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what we were anticipating him him getting a one-year contract, probably give her a one million dollars, give or take, and that's exactly what he what he got. I don't think I think it'd be best for him to not play in the NHL this year, kind of play in mm-hmm. the AHL and uh, get up to speed because he hasn't played hockey in a year so I think that would be better for him and he would definitely be someone that the Blackhawks call up mid-season mm-hmm. but um, yeah um, looking at Rockford's team this year it's actually not horrible there you might uh, Lucas Reichel is going to be there Henrik Borkstrom might even be there like there's some decent depth pieces Evan Barrett too Mackenzie Entwistle Mike Hartman I think all those guys will be in Rockford and then you look at the defense Bodan and Mitchell and then the goaltending, you'll have Delia and Soderblom. So I actually like where Rockford is at right now, and I think putting Alexander Nylander there, there would be a would be really good for him. Just again, just to kind of get back up to speed. Yeah, I agree 100. percent I think um, I, I actually love the idea of Nylander starting in the AHL next year, just to get his legs back and stuff. Because the guy hasn't played hockey in almost a year now. So, well, actually over a year now, because last time he played was in the bubble, I would assume. So. Yeah, it has been a year. 
Yeah, so, I mean, he's going to have to get his legs back. I would assume he would be the first call-up if an injury happens. Like, then that's fine, honestly. Like, he gets a lot of crap, but like Ben Pope said on the show a couple of shows ago, he, the guy was like sixth in points per game on the team, or points per 60 or something like that. So, the guy knows how to put the puck in the back of the net. It's just he's streaky. So, I mean... Hopefully he can figure it out this year. I think if he gets like top line minutes in the A and is killing it, that's really going to help his confidence. And then he's going to come up and actually like produce. We'll see though. Like we've seen Alex Nylander at times where he's been excelling where he's on the fourth line. He's the guy pushing play. So like, especially with how deep this team's going to be this year, he's going to have a lot of options of where you can put him and how you can utilize Alex Nylander. And it's going to be really interesting because I think towards the end of uh, the 2020, 2019, 2020 season, he was starting to get to the front of the net a little more, which like I kind of want him to do because he has such nice hands and tight. He could he can make so many plays happen in front of the net, and he's a big body too. So if he could start going to the net and get a couple of his goals, that's going to help his stock a bunch on this team. <laughs> I feel like him and Nikita Zadorov are on the same boat where they're actually not horrible players, but you just look at the players that they're traded for and they're scapegoats because obviously... Alex Nylander traded for Henry Okiharu, and then uh, Brandon Saw traded for Nikita Zadorov. It's just, I feel like if they were traded for, like, mid-round draft picks or something, yeah. we wouldn't have the same criticism of them uh, that we do. And uh, speaking of Nikita Zadorov, uh, he got a one-year contract with Calgary, and it's just, it's so funny to me that uh, he wanted to look for a long-term contract because he's been consistently taking one-year contracts. I think he took one with Colorado. I was about to say, three back. straight years with three different teams. Yeah. Then uh, Chicago one year, and then Calgary one year. So, um, I, I don't, like, I don't know if this is a break it. I think, I don't know if it is a break it year, but, like, if if he wants to cash in, it definitely has to be this year. And if there's any a time for him to step up, it's now. And I wonder if Calgary's going to give him that long-term contract, but... Yeah, um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but yeah. uh, I, I mean, I think Zadorov can fit with Calgary. I'm like, I'm kind of like looking, thinking about their D pairs right now, and I think that he could be a great partner for Val Mackey, just so he can, you know, actually play his game and be in transition, because that's what's like Zadorov's game is he stays home. That's just what it is. Like he can't the other 140 feet ice, he's just not good on. I hate to say it. Just or the handling it the puck. Yeah, like yeah. without the puck in the defensive zone, he's very good. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I I hope he does well, but it's not on my team, so that's fine. I don't have yeah, to see exactly. all these stupid penalties anymore. <laughs> have fun yeah, with that's that, exactly Calgary. It. Yeah. Um, like back to Alex Nylander. Do you think this is? Uh, we kind of talked about it with Nikita Zadorov. Is you think this is a make it or break it? Because I don't think it is. Because I no. feel if he didn't have his injury last year and uh, he kind of underperformed, I feel like this would be the year. But with that injury, I feel like that by like. He kind of gets a little more leeway, but whereas I feel like yeah. if he has this year and the next year, I think would be the year where to make it or break it for him. I agree 100. percent I honestly think um, the guy hasn't even the guy hasn't even had a full 82 games in the NHL yet. We no. have to remember this. Actually, no, I think he's just at about 82 games now. 84 games of NHL experience. Like the guy really hasn't been in the in the major in like the NHL that long. He only played 65 games for the Hawks that one year. So, yeah. I see this as a player, like, uh, I think his contract states he has no arbitration rights the next year, still in RFA. So, this is a very manageable contract. Um, I can't see a world where this doesn't work out for the Hawks. And if it doesn't, that's a trade asset at the deadline. So, 
Yeah. Bad as it sounds, that's just the way it is. Especially yeah. with the forward core this deep. Yeah. And going back again, like the we talk about Rockford, this team has a lot of depth. Is it great depth? I guess that remains to be seen. Like can they step in in case of injuries? Because we do know that this team does have some injury issues, so um I guess we'll we'll mm-hmm. find out. But um just on paper, you gotta look. You gotta like the depth that they have, not only on their NHL team, but more in their uh, HL team as well. Oh yeah. Speaking of their AHL team, Mackenzie Entwistle got extended too. Yeah. His contract's so, kind of the same as Hardman's, where it's gonna yeah. be one year next year. So I kind of like that from Bowman. Like they're really gonna they're gonna make sure Rockford's not shit this year, which I yeah. really appreciate because you need that for development at this point. Like. You have your big contract signed right now, and who's going to get a contract? Now you need to fill the other pieces with, like, young talent. And they have enough young talent to do it. It's just you have to develop it, which is why, like, I'm really hoping Bodan and Mitchell either one of them's got to be on the roster in day one, which isn't going to happen, or they both got to be top pairing in the AHL and get 20-plus minutes a night because that's the only way they're going to get better. Yeah, I think the big thing with Rockford is they haven't really developed anyone like a big name yet, like, Obviously, players like Philip Kershaw have come up, but you know, like I, I just it's been feel a like, long time. Yeah, you look at the like the players on their team right now. They've played like major junior hockey and then made the immediate jump, like Kirby Dock or Alex DeBrinkett or even someone like Dominic Kubalik, who just came right from Europe. You know, like it. There that's just the like, Blackhawks too, when you think about it, though. Yeah, like, that, that's that kind of the cool. way they draft. They don't really draft to where they're going to be in the, especially with the last decade with them being good. They don't really draft for people to be in the AHL. They kind of want like, all right, one year, and then we're going to give you a crack, see how it goes. That is true, but I feel like this is also a year with guys like Nicholas Bowden and Ian Mitchell that you got to kind of take your time with them and uh, let them develop in the AHL. Yeah. So again. Be interesting how that plays out, but uh, yeah, kind of back on the McKenzie and Twistle. It's the same thing as I'm pretty sure it's the exact same thing as Mike Hartman. I don't see and Twistle being much more than a bottom six guy, but uh, two years at eight hundred thousand dollars that's that's nothing. You need depth guys at that kind of money. Uh, I mean, look at Vancouver, what they did signing guys like Beagle and Roussel into like four year, three million dollar contracts. You don't have that on your fourth line, you have cheap guys on your on your fourth line and then you pay your top guys to the top one. Mm-hmm. 100%. That's that's good management right there. So hopefully these guys can pan out and if they can those will be great bottom six contracts to have on this team. And if they uh, don't whatever it's 800. Yeah, if they don't you can bury them. Nothing. You just put them in the AHL. Exactly. Um so there's a tweet from uh Larry Brooks, you know what I'm saying Brooksy? Um updating from a week ago he said IHF has agreed to purchase insurance, including COVID coverage, for NHL players participating in Olympic qualifiers per PA. So, um, I don't know if this like necessarily means that there's going to be Olympics, but I'm going to assume if they're doing that, there's probably a good chance there's going to be uh, uh, hot NHL players going to the Olympics in Beijing, and apparently there's going to be a decision made before the end of the month so i i don't know if there'll be official announcement soon but i'm assuming <laughs> i'm going to assume under that news that uh that there is going to be an olympics and i hopefully that doesn't come back to bite us bite me we're like in a couple of days we're like now oh, actually there's going to be no uh nhl players going to the olympics but um this i'd is say so it's a pretty safe bet <laughs> yeah but this is so good for the sport of hockey obviously like if you go like just 
<laughs> like mathematically you go to china that's such a large country in terms of population even if you get like 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 even i don't know like the exact math but like if you get a million people in china to to fall in love with the game of hockey like that's 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 Huge. more than enough you know like even like uh, like it's just it's just such a big country that mathematically you would think that it would be easy to attract people but i think having them go to beijing is uh is very good for them um you, like I don't, I don't know if there's been more stacks. Like just look, like just looking at the NHL, there's never been this, these many superstars. So I think from this many different countries too. Exactly. I feel like. Usually yeah. it's just like one stacked. So yeah, usually it's Canada. <laughs> but you look at the the US now. They got Matt Austin Matthews. You got Patrick Kane still, and Jack, Jack Eichel. Eichel. Just so many other they players. They actually have defense. They actually have goaltending now. Yeah. Finland's gonna be nasty. Like, yeah, Sweden is still going to be good. Like it's just, it's just a Russia is going to be good at too. I imagine Russia is going to be better than they've ever been with Vasilevsky in that. It's like, simply they, just because of Vasilevsky. Yeah. Well, like the biggest problem for Russia was always just their defense, and like Vasilevsky can make up for a shitty defense. So, oh, yeah. and even then they're going to have like Sarkachev on the team now. So, yeah, you could single Vasilevsky. Could I feel it could single handedly win them a tournament in Beijing? But hundred um, percent. Yeah, this is, and kind of on that topic, like Austin Matthews was on the NHL 22 cover, and a lot of people were pissed off about it. But from a business standpoint, I, I totally understand that because you got probably the most marketable American going to the Olympics, playing for a Canadian team. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's like I think he was on the cover in NHL 20, but who, who cares? It's like it's a cover for a, a video game. But I think from a marketing standpoint, having Austin Matthews on your cover is is good, again, with the fact that he's going to the Olympics for Team USA and he plays for a Canadian team. He kind of has, like, a marketable personality. But, yeah. Um, so I just, oh, sorry, so you go, you go. I, I just would have liked them to use David Pasternak. I was going to say... They like, need to market David, more talent. That's the only thing. I. That's my only gripe with it. Yeah, like Matthews, it, people know about Matthews. Like people don't know about Pasternak, and I think people need to start knowing about Pasternak because the dude's probably going to win the Rocket next year if he's healthy. So yeah, um, definitely in the future years, like like Pasternak, Panarin, like these guys, um, even McKinnon, like yeah, McKinnon as well. Uh, John Cooper is. I think <laughs> this, was, this was news that happened a while ago, but uh, we never brought it up. And I just wanted to bring it up. But John Cooper is named the head coach of Team Canada, which I like because mm-hmm. is he maybe the best head coach? No, but I feel like just him coaching those stacked Tampa Bay teams with all that talent, I think is perfect for team Canada. So um, I, I don't have no problems with that. I feel like you could put really any coach in for team Canada and you're probably going to get a medal. So I don't think you could go <laughs> necessarily wrong, but yeah, I do. I do like John Cooper, like winning back to back cups, him managing all that talent and, yeah, I, I I agree with that. Yeah, and again, I, there's there's probably better choices like maybe Barry Trotz, but no, whatever. I, I, I you you can't complain at all. Well, the thing is, with Team Canada, they're gonna have Trotz and Quindle as assistants, probably. So yeah, exactly. Like, like it doesn't matter. And then also, like John Cooper is proving he can just sit there and chew gum and watch superstar score. So exactly. it's gonna be really easy in Canada. <laughs> like instead of your second line having Anthony Sorelli, you get Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Yeah, and Patrice Bergeron, and then your third line has, like, Mark Stone and, you know, like, Braden Point. <laughs> like, and Barzell and Marner and holy crap. 
four recordings. Well, then you'll have Saudi. Drew Doughty on defense and Jordan Bennington in nets, you know. Oh no. <laughs> if Jordan Bennington Jordan Bennington's gonna go as the third goalie. That's the worst part. No, uh, he won't play them. We all know. Well yeah, it'll be like Crawford when he get when he went. Yeah. Marc Andre Fleury. Will it be better be Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah. Or Kerry Price, one of those two. Kerry Prince. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um Henrik Longfist retired. <laughs> I, I, I just want to say this right away. Best glowy of like the past 15 years because <laughs> he was just so consistent. Unfortunately, he never won a cup, but that's more on the team than him. He actually like he brought them to the 2014 Stanley Cup final. There were so many years where he would bring them to the second round or the conference final and Unfortunately, they fell short, but that's not on long list. It's, it was always the team in front of them. <laughs> the fact he dragged that 2014 Rangers team to the cup final still blows my mind because that was just such an average team to me. And Lundqvist was just so consistently a great goalie. Um, I think he had a finish with the, his career with like a 918 save percentage. And mm-hmm. also just a, a just a beautiful-looking man. Like, <laughs> so, so awesome for Henrik Lundqvist to... I mean, like, I don't know how Washington Capitals fans feel about this, but I just feel like it's, like, it's, that's how it was meant to be for him to never play any other game as a New York Ranger. And I think I saw this stat that uh, he owns the most wins as a goalie with one team in NHL history. I'm pretty that's sure. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> or, no. Uh, yeah, no, because Martin Brodeur. Um, it's a blue. St. Louis, that's right. <laughs> I forget Stupidest about thing that. on the oh, planet. Yeah. Well, te- yeah, technically, he never played with the Washington Capitals, so he's the, he has the most goalies without switching one team, I should say, which is an amazing feat. Um, amazing career to anyone saying that he didn't have a great career. <laughs> like Patrick Bacon, um, the stats are... Oh, he deserves to get fucked up on that one. <laughs> Yeah, the ratio. But, no, incredible goalie. I, I, like, I don't think there was a, there's a goalie who was nowhere good as consistent as him. Was there some goalies who maybe had better seasons? Yeah, like Carey Price, but... In terms of being consistent that good, I don't think anyone was close to Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah. Hope he enjoys retirement because I know he has a family. He's still got a lot of life to live in. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add on that, but yeah. Uh, I saw a tweet when uh, he retired that I thought was funny. I was looking it up. Someone goes, how Lundqvist never murdered some of his defensemen during his career is up there on his list of accomplishments. Yeah, exactly. That dude had some turn snarls on his back end. Mark Stolte and, he... oh, <laughs> and Smith towards the end. Like, oh, oh man. God. They... Yeah, he had some rough ones. But, yeah. I just wish he won a cup. That's all I wish. But he got gold. Yeah, I was gonna say he got gold so. back in two thousand six, and I think that was his uh, that was his first season as well. Yeah, drafted in two thousand, I think, like as a seventh round pick, and he, I think it was his uh, NHL debut was oh five oh six, and then again just a consistent goalie for the past fifteen years, and again unfortunately never won the cup, but uh, incredible goalie, and uh, yeah. That was a reoccurring theme back in the day. Just really good Swedes going in the seventh round. <laughs> yeah, Zetterberg and I think Patrick Hornfist went last overall <laughs> in like 2004 wow. or something. I don't even think it was. I think it was like the ninth round or something because back like before the lockout, there was like nine like, like nine rounds. I'm pretty sure more than that. The elusive ninth round pick. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, European Europeans just in general going in the late rounds as well. I think Pekarani was like eleventh round pick or something mm-hmm. like that. It's 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 crazy. Um, I think Dustin uh, Bufflin was eighth round pick. Yeah, yeah, Dustin Bufflin as well. <laughs> that's that's so funny. Hmm. Um, kind of go to a more uh, sad topic. Uh, three hockey players uh, passed away in a car crash. Uh, one of them being uh, Caleb Reimer, who actually plays for the Edmonton Oil Kings. And my goal was this year is to kind of go to more to Edmonton Oil Kings games and uh, kind of scout, just watch games, just get to the rink in general. And it's unfortunate to see just to see that happen because all of them were under the age of 17 and the three players, obviously I mentioned Caleb Reimer. The other two were uh, Ronan Sharma and uh, Parker Magnuson. Um, I just, I read this news article and like their, like their former classmates and friends were just saying that they were just great people and fun to be around with. And they had such bright careers ahead of them, which, which sucks, but uh, may they, may they rest in peace. I actually just found that out this morning. So yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, it is. But yeah, um, yeah, we kind of we kind of skimmed through the notes pretty quickly here. I don't know. Do you have I anything know. else you kind of want to talk about? Because well, I know you la- brought up the signing. Because I know they're yeah, yeah. So last week we were talking about kind of like well, we kind of predicted these contracts to a T. That's why I wanted to talk about them because the UC Soros deal we almost had on the money. We were saying like six times four. He got five times four. Oh yeah. That's, that's- Great deal for Nashville. Great deal for Soros. Gets his protection. Like they didn't have to go to arbitration, which is good. No. Um, I I think Riddick's the backup this year, so Soros is really going to get that number one load, oh, which I'm yeah. very interested to see because I I don't think Soros has ever played over like 40 games in a season. So it, it's kind of like the Grubauer thing, you know? Like Grubauer's never done it either, but now Grubauer doesn't have to do it again because he's got Drieger. So yeah. like, but he's got Riddick. I don't know if that's enough of a 1B anymore. Because no, Riddick so. was good, like, three years ago. But it might not be still be good, but, uh, again, I feel like, same with Saros, like, you gotta you gotta prove yourself. Yeah. I mean, I guess Nashville's got a good team defense, too. John Hines, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, John Hines. The uh, coach oh, so man. short that uh, NHL players won't even take him seriously, apparently. Why would you? Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> Playing Roman Yossi up forward, baby. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then, um... The other contract I thought was the most interesting was Kevin Fiala took a one-year deal. Yeah. So he's, oh, he's really a pay next year. I hope, like, here's the thing. If Kaprizov doesn't sign, which, like, they're saying he's going to sign, every week it changes, you know? Like, That's they're like, oh, they're way apart in talks. And then I'll see something from Brewster that says, oh, all right, Kaprizov and them are getting closer, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Whether he plays or not is really going to affect how much money Kevin Fiala is going to make next offseason. Because oh, if Kaprizov yeah. doesn't play and he still puts up 70 points, if I'm Fiala, I'm like, you're giving me nine mil at least. Yeah. And if not, I walk and someone else will pay me that money. <laughs> like, dude, he's he said he's setting himself up for either. It's like the Kevin LeBanc thing, but at least he's making money. Like, yeah. what was it? He took like a one year, one year, <laughs> one year, 925 and had his worst shooting percentage oh ever. God. I was like, come on, man. And he took it on the bad Sharks, too. So, like, he could have been traded to a Stanley Cup contender, could have got the Sharks a shit ton in return. Because, like, a nine, like, I know the Lightning would have paid a first for Kevin LeBanc easily. Oh, yeah. They, they paid a first for Parker Dutcher. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Kevin Fiala is going to be interesting because, like, that's just a contract where it's going to either work out great for the Wild, it's going to either work out terrible for Kevin Fiala, 
or he that's a contract where if the wild stink they're gonna get a freaking haul for at the deadline you're telling like kevin fiala is on the market or coming around february teams are gonna pay a ransom for that or a Mike, or a Mikael Grandlin. I was, gonna, I was just gonna bring that up. He's probably gonna get more than a Mikael Grandlin. Hundred percent. He got paid more than Mikael Grandlin. Yeah. <laughs> like AAV wise. Yeah. Um, Dennis Gilbert got extended. Oh baby, let's go. <laughs> just one year, right? Yeah, it's one year. Um, two way. It's two way too because they're like, you're not playing over Byram, silly. <laughs> well, it's probably he's probably like tenth on their defensive charts if we're being seriously. Honest. Like, they're so deep. Like, even with, like, losing a couple guys, they're still so I know. I was going to say, even with losing Connor Timmons, he's still, like... And Ryan Graves. Like, and Ryan Graves as well. They're, they're ridiculous, Colorado. 100%. And then the other one that... It just happened yesterday, I think, or was it two days ago. Travis Sanheim with that two-year extension. Around, like, 4.5 something, I think. Let me let me double check. It's four points. 4.675. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Travis Sanheim's like their best left-handed defenseman. Well, arguably, with when Provorov was bad last year, he was. But if Provorov can bounce back and that's your second-pairing guy, like, oh man, who is Sanheim going to play with? Is he playing? Is he going to play with Ellis or is he going to play with Ristolainen? Oh, he's going to play with Ristolainen. I know it. Because <laughs> they're probably, they're probably going to go Provorov and Ellis. And then I imagine. What if they go Provorov or Ristolainen? <laughs> They're just like we need to. We're gonna have the two worst defensemen analytically on the ice at the same time. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> oh my goodness! The Flyers are gonna be such an enigma this uh, they're, year. They're, I know, I know. I've been saying this. Just, they are incredibly fascinating, bro. Like, cause if Carter Hart's good, they're gonna make the playoffs. Exactly. They're, they're yeah. too deep not to. But like. The same thing could happen last year. You think Martin Jones is any better than Brian Elliott? Like, <laughs> come on! No. I would have at least, like, if I was Philly, I would have at least tried to swing on, like, Auntie Ranta or something. You know what I mean? Like, especially if, you, if that's the price range you were looking in, too. Or not Martin Jones. <laughs> Shit, I would have taken Riddick over him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is not going to be good. Oh, I saw something yesterday. We can, like, kind of do this just to wrap up if you want. It's yeah. like a... um. I saw like a predictions thing on Twitter, and they were just like, "One team you expect to make the playoffs that no one oh, else." Oh yeah, I saw that. And one team that you think is gonna miss that uh, no one expects. So I was just curious what yours are. Oh man, that's putting me on the spot. Um, one team that no one expects to make the playoffs. Huh. See, I would have to do like a divisional rundown. Like, <laughs> like I would have to do this like very precisely. I'm trying yeah. to top of my head. And, um. Honestly, like I don't know if this I is because nope. my my one team that that might like people might not expect to make it. I definitely have one. It's LA because that division mm-hmm. is so so weak. I don't think they can make it, but if there is a team out of that division that can that, that can surprise, I definitely think it's LA. As for team that could miss, that's a more difficult one for me. Um, oh man, you know what? I'm 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 totally going on a limb. Here's Boston, and I know that's so hard to say because they've been probably the most consistent team of the last decade. But with no Raskow, with Krejci gone, um, like they, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not hundred convinced. No, but like I can see it because the yeah. Atlantic's a tough division this year. It's I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, you got Tampa, 
You got Florida, you got Toronto, regardless Montreal of what better. Montreal as well. Uh I don't think I don't think Ottawa's gonna be a pushover. Like it's a Lost it's a them, tough division but... there. Like I, I again I'm not convinced with this take, but then there's Buffalo. Well, yeah, then there's then there's Buffalo. Even the tra- even Detroit is not horrible. Yeah, Detroit's gonna be not terrible. They're not gonna be what what like less than twenty wins like they were before the pandemic. pandemic <laughs> um yeah, but, but Boston. If if it's gonna yeah, be a year, sure. I guess this year. But no, mm-hmm. that's just, that's my hot take. I guess. So, I, I still I still fully expect them to make it. Oh yeah, they could. Boston, even, they they might even win the cup, and I would not be surprised. But, <laughs> but just like looking at them not having Rask anymore, Olmark has to prove himself on a new team. Like they don't have that second line center. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so it's a lot of guys who have to prove themselves. Exactly. Like, it'll be interesting. So, for my team to miss, I'm staying in the same division. I'm picking the Leafs. I'm oh, picking the really? Leafs because there's they did not get better this offseason. They are taking a lot of like hit or miss contracts on this year. Um, I don't think Jack Campbell's going to be 17 one and one again when he starts, and he's never had this big of a workload in a 82 game, 82 game season. Peter Morazic's injury prone. Um, just so inconsistent. Yeah, and like, let's be honest, their forward core is very not like that. The the four guy, the top six, it's top five, heavy, very top heavy. Like their bottom six is shocking. Like I'm surprised they didn't go after a guy like Mitty Hinnestrosa this off season. Like someone who has proven he could be a forty point guy. But no, they're swinging for the fences with a guy who shot twenty five percent last year. <sighs> like that that's gonna go well, totally. Like. Where have I seen this before? <laughs> Brendan Perlini. I'm with Edmonton now. Do we ever? Do we ever talk about that? I'm pretty sure we did. I said that. Like, that's so funny. But, that is yeah, interesting just, to hear, though. Toronto. Yeah, I just don't like. I don't like what they did this off season, and their division's way tougher than that shitty Canadian division. Oh so, my like, like you can't pull the crap you were pulling against Ottawa, against Tampa, and Florida, and Boston. No way. No way, no how. Given Ottawa this year, dude. Seriously? You won't, able, you won't be able to do that. Oh, my gosh, man. And then my team that I think could sneak in, uh, I mean, I was going to say L.A. just because I like all the moves L.A. made this offseason, and I think Cal yeah. Peterson can really lock it down this year. But um, I guess I'll go with the Kraken because I've been kind of preaching that. Yeah, I, think the I was going to – like my, yeah, my original pick was the Kraken, but I feel like they're a popular pick. Not a popular yeah. pick, but like, kind of like a trendy pick to make the playoffs. But either way, that's that's kind of why I want L.A. But one of those teams, L.A. or Seattle. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Especially in that division. If I mean, like the dark, dark horse, I would say New Jersey, if they can get goaltending. That, that, I did briefly think about that because yeah. they, because I think Bernier and Blackwood could be solid. Their defense is upgraded with Hamilton. They have depth. Like Hughes is at now. forward now. Sure, They're going to have. Yeah. Alexander think- Holtz might come up, like. Exactly. I just feel like they have more depth, and that Metropolitan Division is so wide open because like, even though there's a bunch of good teams, like Columbus is probably not going to make it. Phil- I don't know what Philadelphia is. Pittsburgh, kind of like Boston, this might be the year. Like they've been so consistent, maybe they fall out this year. Washington, I don't think they're that good. Like Rangers are a question mark. Like, yeah, like there's just so many. I feel question marks in that division. That, yeah. Like, even the New York Islanders, like. Yeah, they're a great playoff team, but in the regular season, they're they're kind of average. But... They're starting 13 straight games on the road. That could yeah, make or break their season true. in itself. Like, 
also, like, the way I'm looking at the Metro right now is I think it's going to be, like, the three that are going to be at the top are probably in no order, like, Carolina Islanders Capitals. Yeah, Carolina. Because I think the Caps are just, they're, they kind of kept everyone. They're going to be fine. But, like, those last two spots, like, because I don't know how, there's too many good teams in the East for them all to make it. It's yeah. not like the West where, like, five teams in the center can make it and it'll be fine. Oh, yeah. There's, I, I don't think five teams from a single division are going to make it this year from in the East. Because, like, the, it, I'll tell you right now, the Flyers are really going to set how the Metro is going to go. <laughs> like, as dumb as that sounds. Because if the Flyers stink, everyone else is going to be better. But if the Flyers are good, that's really going to fuck that division. I feel they're the be- they're the biggest question mark in a division full of question marks for the most part. 100%, dude. 100%. Because they could be I so good or they could be so bad. Yeah, dude. Like, they could be bad, bad. And, like, the, and the thing with the Flyers, too, is this is the last year for Drew and Couturier before they need extensions. So, and they're both UFAs. That's. I think we up. talked about it last show. If they're if they're not good at the deadline, that's how you get picks and prospects. Yeah, I think if you're you're wanting to go for at least a playoff spot, you don't give up what the 14th overall pick for uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, and then give up and then and then trade what was it, Patrick and and uh, Myers. Myers for, uh, for 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 Ellis. They could have just done that move and done nothing else, and that would have been better. What they did after. That Ryan Ellis trade is still crazy to me. Like there was, what? I don't get what Nashville's doing. And what's that's what stinks about Nashville is because they play such a dumb way that they can they're gonna steal like thirty something games this year just by the way they play. But it's just like they have nothing. Like how is this gonna work? Like you said it last show. Who's gonna score for this team? Besides Philip Forsberg, I don't know. Like. Victor Arvidsson's gone. Like, I don't have any confidence. You're asking a lot out of Tolvanen. Like, Tolvanen, too, as well. Like, I think you can rise up to the occasion, but if he's the only person scoring goals for you, that's not, that doesn't bode well for your team. Exactly. It'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, the Central is just as wide open as it is in the, the Metropolitan, honestly. Like, yeah. I feel like with the Metropolitan, the, the the team to beat is Carolina for the time mm-hmm. being. Even though I would say they got worse, but at the same time, I don't think anyone in the Metropolitan really fastly improved. No. And it's the same thing with the Central. Colorado is the clearly superior team over everyone, but it's just kind of a cluster of teams. Um, and and like the Metro, like Columbus is clearly. I don't think they're making the playoffs. Like they're clearly rebuilding, and that's no. the same thing with Arizona. And then it's just. I don't know, man. Andrew Lack could have a resurgence. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get a thirty goal season out of him. What What was the quote from Bill Armstrong where it's like, uh, "Yeah, we brought him in for veteran leadership, but he's gonna have to earn his way onto the roster." Yeah, who's he gonna earn his spot from? Like Louis Erickson, maybe, or Jay Beagle, some guy, or Antoine Rousseau. <laughs> oh my god. Honestly, it's so funny to me what Arizona did. It's so funny to go to their cap-friendly page and they have five the five-second rotates for next year. That's that is it's so crazy. Yeah. Um, like, I hope they get a sixth one just so, like, they have, like, a fifth of the draft of second-round picks. That'd yeah. be hilarious. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, again, going back to the central, like, I think we've we've discussed this like the past few podcasts, but 
it's Colorado and then who the hell else. I think Dallas is a good bet to maybe take like second or something or even third. Because I think it's Dallas and St. Louis, honestly. Like, St. Louis. I, even St. Louis, I, I don't – I'm not like comfortable with. I like their additions. Like, and I don't really – like as much as I hate Bennington, I don't think he's going to be like an 870. Again. Oh, I don't think he, – he's not going to be that, but I'm also not confident that he's going to be like an, an above yeah. average. Like no, I think I, he's average. Well, they got question marks for sure, no doubt. I just think adding Sod and Bushnevich and only getting rid of like what was it, Sammy Blay and Vince Dunn, it's pretty good. So yeah, and Mike Hoffman, but like you swapped Mike Hoffman with Bushnevich, who's way better, and then oh. you swapped Blay with Sod, like pretty good. I guess that's true. I, I don't know. Just uh, that's not that I like. Oh, I hate the St. Louis Chicago, but I just yeah. Again, but again, this this whole division is full of question marks. Same with Winnipeg. Yeah, like um, literally for all we know, Connor Hellebuck could have a nine thirty. Like, yeah. or <laughs> even like if he has like a nine ten or nine fifteen, that's still he, like he has to be so good for that team to be good. Yeah, I feel like a nine fifteen is like what they're asking minimum out of him this year because they need it. So one hundred percent, like they can score, but they cannot defend. And I guess we'll find out if uh, that pairing of uh, Dylan Schmidt will work out for them. Oh my god! <laughs> First time that fucking pairing gets iced <laughs> against the Blackhawks too. Oh, we gotta play him four times this year. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm missing another team in that division, like because like obviously. Colorado, I think Dallas is a good bet for second just because they were they were so ravaged with injuries last year. I feel like they can't repeat like that can't be repeated. Mm-hmm. Then obviously St. Louis and then Winnipeg and then Chicago. What's that other team I'm missing? We always forget the one team and then we just like hit our heads when we remember it. Oh good. Minnesota, dude! It's always Minnesota. Minnesota. That's Every because they're time. so they're so forgettable. That's well, they don't so have to off right now. Yeah, I'm exactly. Like. They were relevant for one year, and now they might even lose the player that made them relevant. <laughs> typical Minnesota, bro. Oh, my gosh. Enjoy, and, the, uh, enjoy the dead cap next year. Yeah. Two years from now. And that's another thing where, um, outside of Capper's off, like, who's going to who's gonna do the offense? Okay, Fiala, but then... Erickson Eck. Yeah, Erickson Eck. Like, as great as an offensive center he is, like, he's not going to light it up offensively. Yeah, like, Matt Zuccarello is going to be your number one option. Yikes. No, well, maybe Mark Rossi or Matt Boldy steps in, but, like, that's a lot to ask. Yeah, maybe. It is a, it's a, it's a tall ask, for sure. Yeah. And, I, and their back end's concerning, too. They're putting, like, three new guys in the back end this offseason, and they're all, like, old. Yeah, so, like, no Ryan Suter. There's Alex Goligoski, though. <laughs> yeah, for $5 million. He's making as much as Kevin Fiala is. That's insane. For the same term. <laughs> I don't, like, I get it's a one-year deal, so just give him the money. But, like, what the? That's where the money's getting allocated? You could have got, like, Alex Edler. I don't know. Apparently, apparently they were in on Jake McCabe, but uh, Chicago stole him from him. <laughs> That's actually really funny. So, instead yeah. of McCabe, they just overpaid fucking him and Dmitry Kulikov. <laughs> Oh, they got Kulikov, too. I and you got Merrill. Like, they got a bunch of just guys. It's hilarious. Guys, that is so true. And then their goaltending. Is that gonna? Is Cam Tilbert going to have another good year? Is Kapokakinen going to be a big step? Like, this is what I mean. So many question marks. Seriously. Like, every team in the Central has got a question mark. I'd even say Colorado's Except, got one. Is Kemper yeah, the guy? Because, yeah, is Kemper the guy? But uh, at the same time, I feel they're going to be first. Without yeah, they could be they they could be first even if they stink. That's the yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's because 
That's how wide open this division is. That's how deep Colorado is, and that's how, like, much of a gap there is between them and the next team. Like, they could have bad goaltending and probably still come in first. Yeah. Um, yeah, I cannot wait to do, like, an in-depth, like, preview because I would have to take my time because I just feel, besides the Pacific Division, I feel like the Pacific Division is set in stone with, like, Vegas at number one and then, like, some kind of combination of Edmonton or Seattle or even L.A., Calgary. Hell, even Calgary, but I just feel like that's more sense I feel like three only three teams are coming out of that division. And then five is coming out of the central. Hundred percent. But the East, oh man. That that's gonna be fun to do. The East is gonna be a bloodbath this year. I'm excited to watch it. Like there's like we, we talked about it, there's probably gonna be what, two bad teams that we know? The rest yeah, are gonna Buffalo. at least try to be good. Like Yeah, like I brought up Columbus, like they might not they might not even be that bad. Maybe Adam Boakfast takes the step. <laughs> Maybe, but who's going to score? Yeah, Patrick Line. <laughs> Patrick Line. Um, no, I, I think that's it. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's it's a, a slow point of the off season. So, uh, 100%. We're at the we're the dog days of summer, as they would say. Um, yeah, again, not a very long podcast, but. Uh, yeah, once once it starts getting to like training camp close to October, this is when we'll start doing more podcasts. Like we'll start doing two podcasts a week, and then getting more longer podcasts. So uh, yeah, thank you all for uh, tuning in. Hope you all are enjoying your summer and staying safe and all that good stuff. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace.